Hello everyone, this is Devika speaking to you from the Steel City, Hamilton in Ontario. Today in our studio, we have Ramya Bagaraju, an occupational therapist from the Hamilton area. She is a graduate of McMaster and works in the allied health sector. Ramya, we are so excited to have you today. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Ramya, we were speaking a little bit earlier and you mentioned that October is OT month. So tell us a little bit about it and perhaps for our young audience, what is occupational therapy? Yes, so October is a national OT month and actually today at the hospital that I work at, we had an event um, showcasing what OT is and all the different things that we do around the hospital. So we had stations set up and we had different themes and tasks that we got everybody to do to show that OT is not just one thing that people have in their heads. OT stands for Occupational Therapy and it's an allied health profession where we help people who have injuries or illnesses or disabilities um, manage their everyday activities. So it could be anything from taking care of yourself to doing work around the house or managing employment or volunteering or doing leisure activities as well. And so these injuries can be, it can be physical, um, you could have a stroke or it could be mental health related. So regardless of what the impairment is, OTs work in different fields to help people figure out strategies so that they can go back to doing their everyday activities with independence. This is one of the disciplines in the allied health sector. What got you specifically interested and what is your educational background that drove you to become today an occupational therapist? So I did my undergraduate in molecular biology and I spent my days doing research in a lab. And while I loved learning about the actual material and biology, I realized that I wanted more direct contact with people, that I wanted to be in service field and actually have direct contact with others. And so I decided that healthcare was the perhaps the discipline you are looking to explore? Yes. You pointed out one of the major differences between research, working inside the lab, and a field where you want to interact with people and get engaged with them. Yes. Give us a glimpse of an everyday life of an occupational therapist. What goes on in a day? There's many different fields that OTs work in. So, um, some OTs work in hospitals or rehabilitation centers, some work in schools or even you know detention centers or prisons. Some of them work in private industries. So for auto insurance companies, people who've had motor vehicle accidents um, enlist the services of OTs so that they can still do their everyday activities. So the role of an OT varies greatly depending on the setting that you're in and the role that you might play. Um, but for example, I'm in a hospital 
and half of my role is in an inpatient um, acute surgical setting. So in the mornings, usually I work from 8 to 4 or 9 to 5, and in the morning I check for new referrals for OT, um, and I look at the patients that I already have, and I kind of prioritize, you know, who needs to be seen today, what kinds of things need to be done. And then after that, it's just a matter of, you know, doing initial assessments or doing functional assessments to see, you know, how are people managing? What do they need in terms of equipment or supports or training or practice to be able to return to what they were doing before they came into hospital? And, you know, we work with a team of, you know, physiotherapists, social workers, nurses, and with the medical team as well to come up with a plan for um, that person, um, how they're going to be able to go home. So kind of a discharge plan. Do they need rehab? Do they need certain equipment before they go home? Could you explain that in a little more detail? For example, if a patient gets referred to you by a doctor, what is the entire process that entails? So when I get a referral from the doctor, usually I screen that patient. So I just read their chart and look at why they came into hospital, what's going on to see if it's appropriate, um, you know, if it's an appropriate consult for me to be involved in. And then once I determine that, I can do a full thorough chart review and I can go in and actually see that person. And obviously it completely depends on what they came into hospital with, but that initial assessment could be, you know, just asking them questions about how they were doing before they came into hospital. Because one of the things I have to find out is what is their baseline? What is their previous level of function? And then it's a matter of assessing the objective uh, things. So what are they able to do right now as a result of their injury or their illness, what are their limitations and strengths right now? And then from that initial assessment, you start to formulate an analysis. And that's kind of what you know you learn in OT school and based on clinical experiences, you um, have an idea of what kinds of strategies, what kinds of equipment, what are the different care pathways and based on all of those things, you come up with an analysis and you do a plan or a recommendation for things. So for someone who comes in with a hip fracture, in my initial assessment, I'm going to see, uh, measure them for a wheelchair because I know that based on their diagnosis and their surgery, it's going to take them a while to get back to walking. So they're probably going to need a wheelchair to, in order to optimize their mobility. On the unit and then it's a matter of you know speaking with a team seeing if we're all on the same page we might apply to a rehab program there might be different pathways we can access depending on each person so it's a very it's a process where you know we get a referral then we assess them we come up with an analysis and a treatment plan and then we go back and assess them and see if we need to make a change or if they're reaching their goals and then we they can be discharged from the hospital or from our caseload so it's a very um, 
organic kind of process, but there are, um, you know, rules and theories that go along with it. Okay. So basically, we can summarize the process as referral, assess, give a treatment plan, reassess, and then come back to see what exactly works for the patient and how well is recovery being done. Exactly. And it's all a focus on what that person needs to do, wants to do, or is expected to do. It's challenging. Yes. Um, One of the challenges is that nobody knows what we do, which is also part of why we have OT month and we did this um, event at work because a lot of people, even when I walk into someone's room, they say, oh, are you here to help me find a job? Or what is that again? Like, are you the physio? So there's a lot of misconceptions. Even people who might work with OTs have, you know, they might look at us as we're the wheelchair people, but we really are, we have many facets. And so um, I think part of this is just dispelling myths and preconceptions about what OT is but um, we work in mental health we work in um, people with um, geriatrics okay. it's challenging and you have to change a lot of people's minds and opinions so it's interesting that you mentioned that not a lot of people is are not a lot of people are aware of occupational therapists why is that? And in your personal opinion, what is something that you could do to dispel that? Well, in terms of why people don't know about us, I think it's that a lot of people don't really need to access our services until something happens mm-hmm. that, you know, either something really big or tragic happens where your life needs to change and you have to find new ways to do things. It's not until you reach that point that you might even know what an occupational therapist is or does. Um, Or if you're in the hospital, you know, that's usually where people um, have contact with us. Whereas I think parts of the general population have met with a physiotherapist or met with a nurse at some point in their lives. Um, So it's just a lack of exposure and a lack of contact. But in terms of what I can do, I think events that raise awareness and educate, you know, the general population or the people around me. So this interview or the event at work and just talking to people that I meet and they say, what do you do? And I have to be ready with my, um, you know, my elevator (laughs) speech or my pitch about what I do in a way that makes sense, you know, so. What motivates you to keep on going and to say like, hey, this is something I would like to continue doing on and I like engaging with people. What motivates you? I spoke earlier about how I did my undergraduate in research in molecular biology. And the reason why I chose OT is because I wanted to be in healthcare because I knew that I liked the science and the biology aspect, but I also wanted that direct interaction with people um, in in a helpful way. Mm. And so OT, I did my master's in OT. It's a two-year master's program. And I think what motivates me is the fact that 
even little things that I can do to help someone, you know, even if it's something like I show them um, the use of something called a sock aid, and it looks very strange and foreign, but once you start to use it and you teach someone how to um, practice with it so that they can put on their socks by themselves for the first time instead of asking for the nurses to do it for them or asking for somebody else to do it, but just that little bit of independence that they gain mm. is so rewarding, right? It seems like it's a small thing, but when you've been in bed for months or you haven't, you know, you haven't walked for weeks, it's actually a huge deal. So I think that's where always thinking about that person and how little things can make a huge difference. I think that's what makes it really rewarding for me. Um, and working with people, working in healthcare, it's always going to be challenging, you know, no matter what profession you're in. Um, but if you find the little things that make it rewarding, I think that's what makes me keep going. It's a constantly learning environment. Yes. In OT, um, just like many other healthcare professions, there's a commitment to lifelong learning. Every year we um, have a professional portfolio where we show that we're working towards um, furthering our academic base and making sure that the interventions we use are evidence-based, but also working towards personal growth. Reflecting on your past experiences, whether it's clinical or other experiences like past volunteer opportunities or other jobs you've had or experiences with um, family or friends in your personal life, I think all of those things can contribute to who you are and knowing your strengths and your weaknesses and your interests make a big um, impact on shaping your career path. And I think this is a great time for anybody to learn about what it takes to be an occupational therapist, given that it's October and it's so busy. Yes. Ramya, thank you so much for being in the studio today and for taking the time to answer our questions. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. And definitely check us out at www.careersinfinite.com for our interview episode with occupational therapist Ramya Bhagaraju on our podcast and blog, Five Steps Ahead. You can also tune in through iTunes to listen to this episode on Five Steps Ahead. Definitely check out occupational therapists at your local hospital and learn about what it is to be in the allied healthcare space. Thank you all and have a wonderful day, everyone.